0: Welcome everybody to a new cultural program. Today we are Xenia, Lucas, and me, Maite, and we are going to discuss about standards of beauty in different times. We hope to enjoy this program with us. Since the dawn of time, society has been obsessed with beauty. But can we say the good meaning of beauty
1: or any meaning of beauty? Hmm.
0: What is beauty? The Oxford Dictionary defined it as a combination of qualities such as shape, color, or form, the athletic sense, especially the sight. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, someone said a long time ago. According to this proverb, beauty is subjective. Beauty is something that cannot be standardized It is a subjective attribute that varies from person to person. What is perfectly fine for men is unacceptable for women, with no good reason, and vice versa. Beauty is, of course, cultural. What one community admires may leave another group of people cold or even repulsed. What one individual finds irresistible elicits a stroke from another. Beauty is personal. But it's also universal. There are international beauties, those people who have come to represent the standard. Nowadays, technology has put the power to define beauty in the hands of the people. Mobile phones allow people greater control of their image and include apps that come with filters used for fun, appearance, and entertainment. But in fact, it's a bit more complicated than that. What do you think? Would we have been beautiful in another era? I think no. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure. Because
1: uh, especially of uh, type of our bodies, I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess we are like too slim for many eras and also maybe like modern fashion, you know, Mm -hmm. for example, our hairs is not long enough. Or not enough blondie, I don't know. Or haircut is not enough, you know, complicated and I don't know, fashionable.
0: Yeah, and our faces, we don't have the perfect symmetry. Yeah, symmetry. Yeah,
1: but nobody has it.
0: No. (laughs) But for Greece, antique Greece, that it was very important. Lucas, can you tell us about beauty throughout history?
2: So I think I will begin with uh, beauty in ancient Egypt. So it begins approximately in 1292 to 1069 before Christ. And because before we don't have uh, really precise ideas or images or something like that to know something about beauty. Mm -hmm. But what can I tell now about ancient Egypt? I'm not a specialist, but we can only speak about beauty in ancient Egypt by looking, for example, at painting or sculptures, because they are very present in uh, Egypt. And for example, we have a representation of the Old Kingdom Egyptian princess Neferi Tiabet. And so mm-hmm. we can see that she has bare shoulders, arm and ankles. And so female sexuality at this area was not from upon during this time. And a slender or long figure was considered the ideal of this area. We can also not the eyes where we can see the beginnings of our contemporary makeup looks because they, which are actually based on the use of whole eyeliner during this time. So even at this time women use already some eyeliner.
0: Yeah, I'm fine to make up my eyes with eyeliner. And also, I
1: guess everyone knows Cleopatra.
0: We still think
1: she's one of the most beautiful women like yes. through
0: history. Yeah. yeah, it's true.
2: And what do you know about Cleopatra, like for her physique or her beauty? Because she's famous, but do you know some I
1: I only know, you know, some facts about her beauty routine. For example, she took bath with milk, like, full bath of milk and it was her beauty routine, can we like, say so?
0: Yeah, I was thinking in that.
1: Yeah? This is my
0: only my fact about Cleopatra's routines.
1: Yeah, it's really like famous mm. one. Mm. I would like to try it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but we need a big bath. I have yeah, a big yeah. bath in my house. And so if you yeah, want, yeah. <laughs> I can try. I'm going to speak about ancient Greece. Because the rules of beauty in this period were all important. Things were good for men who were buff and glossy, and for women, fuller figure, red heads were in favor. But beauty in this period, in women, was equivocated with cunning and evil. Being a good looking man was fundamentally good news, but being a beautiful woman, by definition, spelled trouble. As usual. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately.
0: A handsome man in ancient Greece knew two things. That his beauty was a blessing, a gift of the gods, and that his perfect stereotype and inner perfection. For the Greeks, a beautiful body was considered direct evidence of a beautiful mind. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know now. <laughs> we know now. For years, classical Greek sculpture was believed to be a perfectionist fantasy. Plato saw the structure of the human body and face as a system of triads. The number three had a special significance because the perfect face was divided into three sections from hairline to ace, from ace to upper lip, and from upper lip to chin. Would you be beautiful in ancient Greece? I don't know.
2: <laughs> Be careful with your answer because if you think you are beautiful in ancient Greece, it's not good. Yeah, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but Greeks were very perfectionist mm-hmm. and they work with specific measures not to admire the beautiful, more to building sculptures.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if we look at some sculptures from mm-hmm. this period, I guess, uh, yeah, I
0: definitely wasn't <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> because w- these sculptures are just perfect.
0: Really. Yes. Yeah. Certain characteristics w- were recognized by the Greeks as beautiful were a straight nose,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a low forehead, perfect eyebrows, pale skin, red hair, and with hips in women.
1: And I actually surprised uh, about red hair. I have never heard about it.
0: No, me neither. But uh, when I was searching information for this program, I read a lot of information about red hair in ancient Greek. Mm, interesting. To achieve the decided look, Greek women use makeup, including powder, rouge, black and red pencil. And to hide things of aging, Greek women camouflage their wrinkles with white lid and tinted the hair to cover gray.
1: Wow! Even in ancient Greece, mm-hmm. women did it. Yes,
0: I found a curious fact about makeup, because the, the use of makeup was limited to the Eteria or courtesans. Beauty wasn't considered important for the Greek housewife. Mm-hmm. An examples to ideal for the beauty in this, in this period were Helen of Troy and, obviously, the goodest Aphrodite. Now let's talk about ancient China.
1: Beauty standards of ancient Chinese had been changing throughout different dynasties. Along with narrow eyes, ancient Chinese were obsessed with the beauty of slim eyebrows. Most of Chinese dynasties, such as Han, preferred thin and long eyebrows however tang dynasty for example had a different perspective of beautiful eyebrows in the tang period pretty eyebrows had to be thick and short and actually it uh, looks really funny nowadays when you see some pictures from this period but it was beautiful and What about lips? Red is considered to represent both luck and eroticism. Therefore, it's easy to understand why red lips and cheeks became the standards for beauty in this era. And, of course, no white skin was really popular among ancient Chinese ladies and was also one of the important beauty standards that society expected women to have. White skin was a symbol of cleanliness and purity. And it also meant high social status, showing that the owner of this white skin doesn't involve in physical labor and doesn't leave the house at all. And, of course, all dynasties praise the slimness and slenderness. And, of course, everyone knows small feet is one of aspects of Chinese beauty that has continued for hundreds of years. And I want to tell you about food binding. Foot binding is a case where fashion caused not only certain days of discomfort or pain, but also whole lifetimes. Beginning around the 10th century in China, upper-class women who did not need to work would bind their feet as young girls, so that they would not grow more than about 10 centimeters long. Can you imagine? Like 10 centimeters. It's just like nothing. It's a little bit. And the smaller the feet, the more attractive they were. And it became a distinct mark of elegance. The same was true of the style of walking. And of course, you can imagine how it's complicated to walk with bound feet. So small, light steps only were possible. And it also was beautiful in that time. And this fashion, unfortunately, lasted until the early 20th century. So, actually, a
0: really long period. Yeah, it's a lot. I think I wouldn't be during in this period <laughs> because I don't have a small Yeah, kid. Yeah, but, you know, it's
1: a reason of uh, food binding, like, Actually, it's impossible Mm -hmm. uh, to have it like natural, so small. So girls were binding their feet like Mm -hmm. every day. So feet just didn't grow, you know, because of this binding. I remember a movie, Memoirs of a Geisha. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Oh, it's really beautiful. And also when I watched it, of course, all these geishas, had really high standards, you know, of mm-hmm. beauty and like behavior in general and also fashion. And I was shocked about this fact, uh, like with foot binding and also about making haircut. It was so difficult and they even couldn't sleep like normal people, you know, on the pillows. They use special wooden stuff. I have oh no idea God. how it's called, and it just held your your head. So actually, even couldn't move during the night.
0: Yeah, it, it was hard. It hurts be a geisha because yeah. nowadays the geishas aren't exactly that the this period. Yeah, yeah, it was changed uh, during mm-hmm. I guess
1: uh, war, mm-hmm. like uh, Second War, maybe. Yeah, when geisha... And it's actually also featured in this movie Mm -hmm. about how it was changed. So I highly recommend to watch it. It's really nice. And also to find out more about this culture and also about geishas. Now let's fast forward to Europe. During the medieval period, people who lived good were considered beautiful. Since they were wealthy, they had enough to eat and they were mostly fat. Fat women and men were usually symbols of beauty during Middle Ages. Hair should be blonde and fine like gold wire. And if nature didn't provide the proper color, it could be produced by dyes imported from the East. And also, grey eyes were prized above everything else.
2: Grey eyes. Grey. Who uh, have grey eyes?
1: Me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you but, know, when it's uh, actually now, grey eyes—it's not actually beautiful nowadays. It's no, just not blue enough.
2: <laughs> yeah, but for me, it's not even a question of beautiful or not. But uh, it's like rare today that. Yeah, I think
1: so? No, it's not in Russia, no. Almost everyone has it because it's just light eyes. Maybe it's not, you know, like definitely gray, but we call it so. And what's interesting, women got rid of eyelashes and eyebrows. They wanted to have high foreheads and an egg-shaped face with small nose and lips they saw this as resembling a child innocent and pure. It was truly a blank face without much expression, since the hairline was twist, can you imagine, like hairlines, and it was twist to be very high, and the eyebrow shaved off. The eyes were the only one color left on the face. And yeah, that was mostly pale and brown. And however, if you no longer wanted to participate in this fashion, but your eyebrows didn't grow back, it was invoked to create fake brows out of rodent fur. And I even... Cannot imagine this. <laughs>
0: no, me <neither. laughs>
1: How to stick it uh, to your face, like <laughs> from full really. <laughs> yeah. I would fashion. like to see
0: it. <laughs> yeah, fashion sometimes is weird. Yeah. Yes. crazy,
1: really. <laughs> and of course, we can see this example of female beauty in many paintings by artists of that time. And for sure, one of the most famous is Mona Lisa. And dear listeners... Have you ever noticed she doesn't have eyebrows? Now you will. I
0: saw Mona Lisa in the Louvre.
2: Yeah, me too.
0: Oh, yes. It's so small. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe small. And I don't notice that she doesn't have eyebrows. Yeah, mm.
2: because there are a lot of people and no. the painting is far, mm-hmm. little. So you don't really see. Yeah, and
1: I guess you actually don't have enough time Mm -hmm. for like watching because a queue Mm -hmm. (laughs) behind you and everyone wanna like see it. Yeah, but yeah, maybe you mm, usually don't notice it because you just, you know, understand she looks differently but you maybe cannot understand why. But then, when you know this fact, it's like
0: after this program, I will search on yeah. internet.
1: Yeah, 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 and also notice the hairline hmm. because it's really so high.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not true.
1: usual for us because the hairline was twisted. Mm-hmm. So, and as we already have mentioned, Mona Lisa. Let's continue with Renaissance. The concept of feminine beauty entered a new era with the 15th-century Italian Renaissance. Botticelli, Leonardo, and Raphael painted a procession of marvelously varied faces, yet all are united by a certain serious beauty. A beautiful woman in the Renaissance was more full-bodied, ample curves, indicative of the female ideal and a bit of round belly was also considered desirable and light skin was glorified and light hair was also considered as a plus plus. and also you can notice really often women were painted with one breast uncovered and actually yes you can notice it in many famous paintings And it was a symbol of fertility, which was also an important aspect of beauty. Leonardo's paintings of the Virgin show a woman who is beautiful, not because her features are perfect in the Greek sense, but because her face conveys a sense of mystery combined with maternal tenderness. And I guess the same we can say about Mona Lisa Mm -hmm. also. About mystery. So, Raphael's standard of beauty shaped the work of artists for centuries. Raphael really understood the feminine physique. His many paintings of the Madonna and Child display his characteristic human warmth, serenity, and sublimely perfect figures. Raphael's art epitomized the higher Renaissance qualities of harmony and ideal beauty. Raphael put realistic emotions such as sadness and happiness to paintings and changed the way people look at art. And, of course, period of scientific inquiry permitted Renaissance activity. Artists like Leonardo and Albert Dürer investigated facial proportions, and they were looking for a guide to drawing rather than a canon of beauty. It's really modern.
0: Mm-hmm. People sometimes is obsessed with find a canon of beauty. Of course. And I guess always, yeah, <laughs> not sometimes. Always. <laughs>
1: Let's move on to Baroque period. Baroque's ideal of beauty brought the proverbial voluptuous female body, thick eyebrows, clear reddish lips and cheeks. And of course, representative of this period is Peter Rubens. The women painted by Peter Rubens in the 16th century were pale but with rosy flesh tones and their cheeks and chins were plump. When you look at the beautiful, voluptuous women Rubens loved to paint, you see how female beauty standards at the time favored plumpness and curvaceousness. Rubens' women were overtly sexual in nature, their beautiful bodies treated with respect and care in his paintings. Of course, since he was a man, his treatment of the female Mm. from naturally retained the male perspective. But he also managed to inject his art with a sense of innate qualities and experiences of womanhood, which was rather rare in a male painter at the time. But in late Baroque time, the rococo, we see dramatic change in taste and perception of beauty. The ideal woman became slim with tight waist and radiating grace. And dear listeners, before we move on to the beautiful Victorian era, I'd like to tell you about the weird trend of the Elizabethan era. So, sugar may be the opiate of the masses today, but in the Elizabethan era, this white magic was both rare and pricey. That means only the rich could access its sweet charm. And its resultant tooth decay. Oral hygiene, like regular hygiene, left much to be desired in those days, resulting is decidedly graying smiles among the elite. Queen Elizabeth was said to have loved sugar so much that her teeth were black, and aristocratic rotten teeth became vogue. can you imagine it, which led to a tendency among like ordinary people to fake bacteria-filled smiles by masking their teeth with black powder. And it's really so strange, I mean, people like did fake tooth decay to be trendy. And of course, in England, the elegant women of the 16th century mimicked Queen Elizabeth a lot: her dyed hair, plucked eyebrows, and facial beauty aided by thick layers of
0: cosmetics, and also bad teeth. Thank you, Sonia, for all this information. And I'm going to talk about beauty in Victorian England. Influenced by the beauty standards of the Renaissance, women in Victorian England who were full body and round were similarity idealists. However, a small waist was such a must in those times that corsets became omnipresent across the fashion world. For a long time. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, but talking about corset, do you know that today this type of clothes is uh, really becoming a trend among uh, women.
1: Became the trend again? Yeah. Ah, really? Yeah. I haven't noticed it. Yes. I cannot imagine like myself wearing corsets. No,
0: <laughs> me neither. I don't like the corsets because I prefer briefs.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Rather than the heavy white pints and bright robes of the past century, respectable well-off ladies went for the no-makeup makeup look. It perfectly suited the ideal of beauty of the era, which demanded a delicate and fragile look with a pale complexion and long curls. The Victorians loved pale skin because it was a sign of no Women were well-off, and could afford not to spend hours working outdoors.
1: Mm-hmm. It's actually uh, white skin was just um, a sign of high social status. Mm-hmm. Like in-
0: the Victorians painted their faces with zinc oxide, a white mineral powder. Those who didn't like zinc simply avoided the sun and fresh air. And when they ventured outdoors, they carried Parasols to protect their skin from the sun. In the Victorian age, a woman's hair was considered her glory. So, women rarely cut their locks and often used false hair to give their mane more volume. Hairstyles were in particular creative. Chignons and buns were very popular and so were long, gentle curls let loose of the back or sides. If women wore their hair long, men started chopping it off. The long hairstyles of the past were replaced by much shorter and simple hairdos. But they would still wear long and full beards and moustaches, because that was a scene of manhood. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe still. Have you
1: seen a TV show, Queen Victoria, about this time, about this era? No. It's really, really good, and I really liked it. And also, it's not only about history. Of course, it's also interesting. But if you want to find out more about fashion of this time and also maybe standards of beauty, it's a good way to do it. And costumes in this TV show are amazing. So, again, I highly recommend. (laughs) And I have one interesting fact, as usual, (laughs) about fashion in this era. The Victorians were insane for a particular shade of bright green fabric created with a very specific combination of chemicals. And the main active dye was that extremely toxic universal substance of the past centuries. Arsenic is a poison, as we know. And arsenic poisoning symptoms can include vomiting, diarrhea, heart trouble, cancer, and of course, death. But it was fashionable, and people wore it. People were crazy. Yeah, yeah but
2: I think like for all period of times, people like uh, are going too far to be beautiful <laughs> in the standards <laughs> of the era. Like binding for the food in ancient mm-hmm. China. For me, it's quite so natural, but even today, like a lot of people...
0: Uh, yeah, that's c- c- true.
2: ...try some surgery and mm-hmm. to be more beautiful.
0: Yeah, beauty was a sink of power in that period. Yeah. And because people did strange things.
2: But let's focus now on beauty in the 20s, so 1920. So, beauty in the 20s can be described sometimes as the rebellion period for the woman compared to the previous standards of beauty. In fact, during this time, flat chest and short hair were everywhere. In some way, we can say at this time, the most boyish were, the better. And um, 1920s style and standards of beauty were a lot more modern and free compared to the Victorian area, for example, that we just talked about. And also for the hair and for the makeup, there are a lot of changes. Short bobs and bold cosmetics became the must-have look in this new era. And the women are also showing a lot more skin than before. And especially, for, for example, for bathing suits. So I also find some information about the men, the trend for the men during this time. Mm-hmm. And the trend was to uh, have suits, while and they were able to personalize their looks in a variety of ways. They wore hats in various styles and sometimes carried a cane to appear more sophisticated. They could choose to add a fitted vest, a bow tie, or a pocket watch to complete the look. Mm-hmm. To complete the look, and colorful gloves and pocket squares also set them apart from their pals. Yeah. So I think it was all a question of being more sophisticated and than the other.
1: And also, what we know about nineteen twenties and about uh, man beauty, it's also sleek hair.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. And also, the nineteen twenties fashion placed more importance on natural qualities. If you can say that that any time, even preceding centuries. So we can say that the first world war had a very strong impact on the society and a lot of points of views, and standards of beauty is one of them. And because for example, for the women, I think during World War One, the women were working in industries and so they needed to be like comfortable hmm. and all that stuff to be able to work. So I think this contribute to the standards of beauty and the way that people Suit themselves.
0: Yeah, it was like during the Second World War, women used pants and clothes useful to work in the factory.
2: Oh, it made me remember one thing that in France, in theory, women don't have a right in the law. There was like an article who said that women don't have a right to wear pants Mm -hmm. until 2000. Thirteen.
0: Really? Yeah. But How it's possible? <laughs> I don't
2: know. But women wear like pants a lot before, but uh, it, it was on the law. But women, no. You no,
1: just no. didn't change your laws. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. Back to nineteen twenties. Of course, the history of Western film is pretty good barometer of how beauty standards have changed from to decade. And the ideal face shape, hair, eyes, even eyebrows have been both mirrored and dictated by screen beauties throughout the years. And in 1920s, Clara Bow was the incarnation of Flapper phenomenon of 1920s USA, she winked and charmed her way through films with her distinctive bob haircut, as we already mentioned, Lucas, and dramatically drawn on eyebrows, round face, bold lip, and sarcastic
0: expression. And with the end of 1920s, we have a new decade. What was considered beautiful in the 1930s? The Wall Street Crash of 1929 gave way to the Great Depression, which marked the majority of the 1930s. Although people had very little money to spend on fashion and beauty, and Hollywood became all glitz and glam, offering escapism from the normal everyday life. Contrary to the boyish look of the 1920s, women of the 1930s preferred a softer feminine style. characterized by curly locks, ball-grown dressings, pink huge makeup palette, and the emphasis of this era was to create a beautifully curvy rosewood pop through the really sharp use of lip liner. Popular colors in these years included dark red shades, maroon, raspberry and brown the most beautiful women in this decade were greta garbo Jean harlow barbara Steinwick, carol lombard and others
1: yeah and back to hollywood Jean harlow yeah, started the mm-hmm. crazy for white blonde locks tiny drawn on eyebrows and body wise
0: mm-hmm. and about men The magic of male beauty was an athletic body with good posture, broad shoulders, narrow hips, strong muscles, and sexy mustache.
1: (laughs) I even remember this
0: photo Hmm. of this period. Yeah, it was amazing, this period. The 1940s fashion was heavily influenced by the Second World War. The principal image of a man was severed masculine dressed by the book and cleanly shabbed as was required by wartime. Because of wartime restrictions, utilitarian clothing was most common amongst normal women because they had to work, because the husbands were in the mm-hmm. war, And the focus was no longer on glamour and feminine, and the new value was in functional and practical clothing. As a result, to change this kind of fashion, Dior's new look was introduced, and designers like Chanel Dior and Elsa Schiparelli started designing phone-fitting classy attires. Classically beautiful women such as Veronica Lake were idolized, and as society became more body-conscious, women started to really pay attention to what they ate. Fashion accentuated arms and legs so women lifting light weights to build muscle tone. The new padded straight cotton bra was introduced and promised to minimize the waist and give a glamorous look. Throughout the 1940s, Hollywood leading ladies continued to set the trends in women's fashion.
1: And in this time in Hollywood was popular in a sand Shiny hair, perfectly glossed lips, natural eyes, and eyebrows.
0: Yes, some fashion icons of the 40s were Bette Davis, Ava Gardner, Judy Garland, Rita Hayward, mm-hmm. etc. In the certain times following the end of World War II, traditional and conservative values made a big comeback. After a long and costly war, sales were strengthened. Throw so, uh, at illustrating what one should buy to become better, happier, and more desirable wife. Rule number one in the 50s was that women were never supposed to leave the house looking sloppy. As a result, an extreme amount of time was spent living up to this ideal of beauty.
1: I even cannot imagine how women really found, like, time to do all this mm-hmm. uh, makeup, haircut every day. And they actually went to hairdressers, like, every day. In
0: this era, the ideal woman is described having curves, hourglass figure, large breasts, and a slim waist. The classic example of this ideal woman's body is Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. the golden girl of Hollywood.
1: And actually, large breasts and slim waist are never, you know, met each other
0: <laughs> in real life. <laughs> yeah. The 50s was the decade of the pinup and the idolization of the soft, coquettish women with overt sexuality. The 50s was about the extreme opposites of gender roles with an emphasis on what the perfect woman or man should be. For men, were significant by the rockabilly-style and Elvis Presley, tall and handsome, who sing into the microphone and dance his famous jig. The most popular hairstyle was a quiff above the forehead. Plus, thousands of copycats emerged after the showing of the wheel one with Marlon Brandon.
1: And in Hollywood, Hitchhog's icy blondes were the taste of this time, Women with tiny wa- waists, delicate wrists, and serenely oval cheekbone faces.
2: So, in the swinging 60s, uh, we have the beginning of the mini skirts and the return of the long and lean beauty standards for women. Mm-hmm. Figures with big hair were well overage, as were bold colors and a lot of mascara. Uh, We can say that the 60s were all about youth and rebellion, and even more than the 20s. It was their that brought us hippies. Designers started producing clothing more suitable for young adults, which led to an increase uh, in interest and sales. Uh, Mimicking the popular skinny models of the day, women became obsessed with uh, being oil thin, And in terms of fashion and beauty, two polar opposites emerged, the androgynous hippie flower child and the modern swinging 60s woman. And some of the main styles were ladylike, preppy, girly innocence, ultra-feminine elegance and the hippie look. Accessories were less of an importance and the focus was on colors and tones lot of ball prints, stark contrast and bright colors. So I think the swinging 60s are really like the explosion of colors. And yeah, all I
1: actually like this time. I mean, fashion and just like people looked like, I mean, you know, I don't know. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too.
2: I think also the thing about this uh, decade is that there was uh, not only one way of fashion and mm-hmm. of standard yeah. of beauty.
1: Yeah, that's true. People actually expressed themselves in different yeah. ways. And it was actually like beginning of some freedom in fashion also, not only, you know, in art and like music and in life in general. Yeah, that's true. And what about men? At that time, Alan DeLon, of course, was a symbol of male beauty a tanned and athletic young man with boyish features and sensual look of dreamy blue eyes was considered the perfect male.
0: If they have blue eyes, was considered perfect (laughs) man.
1: (laughs) You know, I don't know like how it's in France and Spain, but in Russia, we still, for example, usually adult, of course, uh, say about... Somebody who is handsome, they say, Oh, he's as Ellen DeLon. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. It's usually maybe about, you know, like actually adult people who at least know who is Ellen
0: DeLon. <laughs> I don't know if in Spain.
1: Or yeah. El- also we used uh, like as a Brad Pitt.
0: <laughs> yes, Brad Pitt, maybe. I'm not sure. In 1970s, women began to rebel. They wanted to be treated equal to men and empowered themselves by becoming self-sufficient and stepped out of the kitchen and into the workplace. And wearing pants. (laughs) (laughs) Please. (laughs) They had already started burning their bras and wearing pants. (laughs) (laughs) This to rebel against their role as a sexual object and prove that she could be one of the boys or better. As the era of the housewife was coming to an end, the motherly cures were out and the cinema icon was no more. The silhouette was slim and frayed, and the androgynous hippie look was worn by both women and men. Clothing became sexier as the disco style became the if thing. By the 1970s, the thinking theme phenomenon was in full force. The ideal beauty was tainted with flowing hair and a slim toned body and a look with minimal or natural makeup. Most women aspired to imitate the glam Studio 54, look popularized by Bianca Jacker. And another big icon of the 70s was Farrah Fawcett, one of the Charlie's Angels. In the 70s, also saw the rise of anorexia as a larger numbers of women strove to be thin. For men, the standard of beauty was in that time a muscular body, such as Arnold Schwarzenegger in Sevenfold, full Mr. Olympia.
1: And in Hollywood, Sharon Tate became the icon of 1970s cinema. The actress who was killed by Manson family, if you watched uh, Tarantino's movie. And Tate was a more traditional beauty, almond
0: eyed, beach blonde, and tall. Mm-hmm. In the 80s, Beauty Standard did a dramatic 180. Instead of the androgynous look, women like Olivia newton John and Madonna embraced big hair and colorful eyeshadow tall, thin, and fit was the ideal body type, anaerobic exercise and dieting rose in prominence. This era also saw an upswing in anorexia. For men, Baywatch becomes one more reason to try sports, although now the spotlight is on athletic men with a smooth suntan, prominent muscles, and of course, red shorts. The late 80s, marked the beginning of the age of the supermodel. In this period, we can find icons like Cindy Crawford, Naomi Campbell, Demi Moore, Princess Diana, mm. Mel Ryan, Claudia Schiffer. And also Kim Bessinger,
1: the top actress of the 80s in Hollywood, was an incarnation of all its aesthetic values, big clips. Huge flops of blonde hair and thinned
0: eyebrows. In the 1990s was the beginning of the rejection of fashion. This led to the popularization of the casual chic look, including t shirts, jeans, hoodies, and trainers, which we still have today. That is my favorite kind of clothes. T shirts <laughs> and jeans are one hoodie.
1: And it's again trendy, actually. <laughs>
0: The ideal body type of this time period featured extremely thin, translucent skin, and androgynous. The 1990s had two main beautiful ideals. On one side, there was the Glamazon supermodel such as Cindy Crawford and Naomi Campbell with their athletic but curvaceous figures. On the other side, there was Kate Moss, who marked the beginning of the wave look and start a revolution not only in modeling but also consumer fashion. Of the wrong way, the ideal could be divided into four accepted looks, one, the thin, straight figure, two, the athletic, three, the chesty but slender, and four, the slimmer fit version of the classic hourglass and base. At this time, it was still considered to be a thing of overweight, to have a large bottom or thin teeth in the western society, and the pear shape was a negative word. The celebrated body of this time period was a woman who looked thin, frail, and neglected. But the men had another standard. The 90s was the era of grunge rock music that gave birth to a new generation of people who didn't care what they wore and who they looked at. Just look at Kurt Cobain, the star of Nirvana. Yeah, that's true. He actually looked like a homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> to finish this review of beauty throughout history, I'm going to talk about postmodern beauty since 2000s until today. Women in the 2000s have been bombarded with so many different requirements of attractiveness. Women should be skinny but healthy. They should have large breasts and large butt but a flat stomach. And to achieve all this, women have increasingly been thorny to plastic surgery. Kim Kardashian could be the poster woman of ideal beauty standards for the modern woman. Unfortunately for us. In this period, uh, all of people, not only women, uh, use the surgery how uh, the fast way to achieve this kind mm-hmm. of beauty. Mm-hmm.
2: I also saw like a uh, few weeks ago, I think, survey about like uh, plastic surgery and uh, before they they were they was a using of plastic surgery about people, but like uh, mostly by old people if you could say that and now it's becoming like more and more younger people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think it's also like uh, one way to understand like the start of of beauty
1: from Mm -hmm. now i guess you know it's more about a type of mindset now of young people like we don't wanna wait we wanna like choose you know fast way to achieve something.
2: Yeah. And I also saw that was also the that's not the same surgeries that are practiced on the young people that on your older. Before for the older people, like the plastic surgery was mostly to erase wrinkles. Mm-hmm. And now for the younger people it's not that because p- Yeah young it's just don't to make
1: like perfect nose, perfect shape of I don't know what belly. Also, I
0: don't want to go to the gym. I just want a flat belly, you know, like right yeah. now. Yeah, and social media shows sometimes, sometimes not always, perfect bodies, some perfect faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And young people think that is the reality. Yeah, we don't understand the like filters no. and so on. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Maybe, okay, now we understand, but just. Some years ago, yeah, it was really Mm. big problems. And also people had
0: a depression because Mm -hmm. of this. Yeah, because they want a perfect face and don't understand that you don't have the same face or you don't have plastic surgery Mm -hmm. or you don't use... Filters
2: or mm-hmm. Photoshop. So yeah, maybe I can talk about so Europe and America standards mm. of beauty because even today it differs like from country to country. For example, in the West, so for example in the United States, the woman is like uh, standard of beauty for woman is to be tall, slender, but busty woman uh, with delicate features. But we can also add to this list a small waist paired atop a perky area. It's maybe important to say that this vision of beauty in the Europe and in America is unrealistic to the majority of uh, women. But are, these are some of the uh, most self-after traits for women in Western culture. So mm. it's like this. Mm. I saw that in France, for example, the people and women more precisely have a conception of beauty like it is it means that uh, like we are beautiful like we are mm-hmm. we just need to be natural and even if we like we have some uh, influence of uh, Western country like United States and uh, I also saw in Russia for example so you can tell me Xenia, if it's mm-hmm. true or not at all or if you don't know it's not the same because the women take care of themselves more than the friends like the you spend time. Mm-hmm. Like, to prepare yeah. yourselves. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: true. I, I don't think it's true, of course, about, like, everyone. Yeah, but because... French do I think. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, in Russia, you can, like, more often see women on high heels, for example. You know, even in Subway, that's, like, impossible for me. Mm-hmm. And also makeup, it's really, like, usual thing, everyday makeup.
2: Okay, so to end this little description of beauty around the world, maybe I can say some things about, for example, Brazil. So in South America, mm-hmm. uh, large breasts and a wave-like figure are less of concern than a toned and curvy bottom. Figure, more muscular legs and hips are the focus here, with particular attention being paid to the butt. Uh, but, like the Western standards of beauty, there are many women who just can't have a body like they think it will be the most beautiful. And, uh, like in Western countries, there are a lot of women in Brazil who make implants and surgeries and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Hm. So, I think even if uh, today we have like different standards of beauty, yeah. in the majority of uh, like developed countries, the standards of beauty are unreal unrealistic and uh, just too high
1: Mm -hmm. to achieve yeah and also about Brazil I know people in Brazil really care about teeth and everyone has dental floss like even just if you eat in restaurants for example after eat you will go to the bathroom and use dental floss and of course like brush Oh and they were so surprised, <laughs> I mean, okay, it's really good thing, but like it's not only you know few people, like yeah. everyone does it, amazing. it's like a good thing,
0: yeah, I it's mean. a good thing after this program, our conclusion is real beauty is acceptance of yourself, it's radiance of spirit, having character, kindness to ourselves and the others. It's strength and self-confidence to know that with or without makeup, the real beauty is you. Part Part of beauty also has to be about the things that make you feel beautiful. We are all beautiful. You are beauty and beauty is you. You are a masterpiece, a work of art. There is only one you made up of your genes and life experience. And there will never be another
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you Mike, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and the most important thing is not beauty, is being healthy, yeah, that's true. We don't have more time. Thank you, Senia and Luca thank to you. join with me this program, and thank you. listen for another program. It was a pleasure. Bye, 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 bye. bye.